say, Sister Dana, do you remember when uh, Preacher Fred would say, uh, can you hear me in the balcony back there? Uh, yeah. yeah and, and I was thinking about that. I was hanging out with uh, our buddy, Brother Ron, and we, we were talking about Preacher Fred uh, something, and that came up. And, uh, you know, I, be- I honestly believe that one day we're going to have a balcony, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. It's, uh, um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 7. Uh, continuing along um, in our study of Philippians, I hope you're going to be blessed by it. I certainly am as I study and prepare Let's go over our text for this morning. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense of and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Lord willing, we'll get through that today. If we don't, that's all right. I ain't going anywhere. Um, but before let me say this before I forget. Guys, uh, like Sister Claudia said, we got the, uh, Brother uh, Eugene May coming up from Tampa. He's awesome. Um, I'm expecting a big-time blessing. He'll be here Saturday, 7 p.m. and Sunday for the regular uh, morning service. If there's a way you can be here, be here. Spread the word. Tell people about it. It's going to be a big blessing. So keep that in mind. Philippians 1, verse 7. Now, the Apostle Paul is in house arrest. He's in prison. He can't do what he wants to do. Now, this is the big-time missionary guy, and he's went all over several missionary trips setting up churches in different areas. Now, he's, he's sending off a letter to his uh, church uh, uh, in the Philippine Islands. No, it's the Philippians. Uh, the Philippian. See, I shouldn't say stupid stuff like that. Lord, forgive me. Um, he's, he's to the church in Philippi. He's sending off the letter. This is, a, this is a special church for him, a special group of people. And you got to kind of look at this um, in, in this situation. That, that Paul's locked up, man. So he doesn't have the freedoms he's accustomed to. This guy would travel all over the place, spreading the gospel, setting up churches, uh, going through all, all types of terrain and different situations. But now he's confined to a certain area. And he's going through a lot. He doesn't. He honestly doesn't really know what tomorrow holds for the guy, you know. But he sends off a word of encouragement to these people he care, he cares about. So I, I want us to kind of just think about that for one tiny second. When you are struggling, when you're going through a hard time, as God as my witness, this will bear fruit in your life. If you're going through a tough time, if you can, and I'm not saying what you're going through isn't important. I'm not saying it's not painful, but I'm saying if, if you can direct yourself to the foot of the cross, if you can think about what Jesus has done for you and pull strength from that and get out there, uh, whether it's a phone call or a prayer or just, you know, hanging out with somebody, 
but try and sow into somebody else's life. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense in the natural. Hey, I'm hurting. My life is kind of turned upside down right now at the moment. But this is a biblical principle, and God will give you peace, and you, you will get strength as you go out and trying to sow into someone else's life. And we see that right here with the Apostle Paul locked up, and he's reaching out to the Philippians, and he's saying, guys, man, I, just, I love you guys. When I think about you, my heart smiles, man. I'm so thankful for your commitment. You know, now, during this time, man, if you were locked up in a Roman prison, that'd be a good time to kind of separate yourself from Paul the Apostle. You know, um, that, that, this, this was a really tough time for him. This was, a, this was a huge thing for him to be going through. And he wants to just reach out there to the Philippians and say, guys, man, You've, you've just been so good to me. You're so good to me. He loves them. They love him. That's where we're at. He's continuing with saying, I really dig you guys so much. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your anointing and your will being done in this service, Lord. Uh, Father God, let us enjoy this time. Let, let what needs to be said will be said. Uh, let us grow in relationship with you and commitment. Let us love more and, and, and hunger and thirst to be what you would have us be. Thank you. We love you and we praise you for everything you've ever done for us and all your wonderful promises. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Everybody in the church said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord some praise, guys. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about, all, about you all. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to the Philippians, and he's, he's, picture this. These are like his spiritual children. These are his spiritual children. He, he set this church up in Philippi. He's reaching out to them and said, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to pull the wool over nobody's eyes. I'm not trying to butter you guys up so you will keep writing me and sending me help over here while I'm locked up. My heart really goes out to you guys. I love you like my children. It is my right for me. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with grace. See, the, the church are Christian folks. What are we? We're Christian folks. Hopefully everybody in here has a relationship with Jesus Christ. I surely hope you do. If you do not, today is the day. Don't put it off another day. It is the best decision you will ever make. And I just want to tell you that tomorrow's not promised to anybody. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I had a friend pass away this week. It happens all the time. Um, and it's, it's not, it, it has nothing to, 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 to do with your age. You can go at any minute, any time. That's just the world we live in. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, Please don't put that off another day. You need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You need to understand this, that I'm a sinner, not just Paul. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short. We've all broken God's law, every single one of us. That's a big problem, man. We can't get into heaven, okay? You're not a perfect person. But see, we can accept a perfect gift. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. His righteousness is put on you because his, all my sin was placed on his back. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So if you haven't done it, come talk to me today. Call me up. Do whatever. Get a hold of one of these Christian folks in here. Don't be ashamed. Do it. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. I'm talking to everybody. 
because God doesn't want anyone to perish. And Christians, we need to have a burden for a lost and dying world. And I know what it's like to sit in a church service after church service after church service as a young man growing up and knowing the truth, hearing the truth, and having seed planted week after week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, any other special service that could possibly happen. I was in those services. Sometimes it's harder for someone raised in the church to accept Jesus Christ. You think, I'll do it later, I'll do it later when I get my ducks in a row or whatever. First of all, you're not going to get your ducks in a row. You're not going to do it. You need to do it now. Give them some praise. So the Apostle Paul, he's reaching out to these cats. I love you guys. (laughs) Uh, I'm going through this tough time, but what gives me pleasure what gives me peace, what gives me joy in this situation, in this confinement, man, in this strange new situation that I find myself in is the fact that there's people out there that are standing with me, people in there that agree the same way. They see, they, they have received the gospel. They're my partners in this situation. And I just want to encourage all of us, man. You see Paul's love for these other Christians. And that is something that the world should see in every single one of us. You know, yes, uh, other Christians should say, okay, you know, that those folks down there at Victory Life, man, they, they really love each other. They have a commitment to one another. Absolutely. But, you know, a fruit that should be visible, actual visible fruit in our lives, a trait, is that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we're a diverse bunch of folks in this church right here. We all got different backgrounds and all kinds of stuff. Other Christians, you know, uh, from other denominations, there's, there's little things that we might disagree on. We're a big, diverse bunch of folks. But Jesus says this in John 13 and verse 35. And look at the Apostle Paul going the extra mile. Hey, man, I could just be in my own little world, man, all caught up in my own business right now. But I want to reach out to you, Philippians. I I want you to know I love you and I'm thankful to you. Now look at what Jesus says in John 13 and verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. See, that's something that should be visible in our lives. To, to the unsaved, to the unchurched, that these guys are committed to one another. They're, they're, they're committed to this Jesus thing. They love this Jesus thing, and that trickles down to where they love one another. Give the Lord some praise. Amen? Yeah. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That should be a trait in all of our lives, man. That's a fruit that we all should be bearing and if, and, and I, I mean, I know what it's like, man. You know, some people are easier to love than others. But listen, I can do all things through Christ. And this is what Jesus wants from us, man. This is what he says. People outside, uh, uh, people that don't know me as their Lord and Savior should be able to see these guys really are there for one another. They really love one another. Amen. Give them some praise. Go ahead. Go ahead. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. For you are my partake for you are all partakers with grace. We're in this together, guys. Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now Paul's the only one you know behind locked doors, man. But he, but he feels I'm not I'm not going through this alone, man. I got you guys that have not abandoned me even though it's not the hip happening thing to be seen around me or to, or to be uh, known as one of my, my people, you know, you guys haven't left me. You're sending me help, man. So 
says, I don't feel like I'm in this alone at all. You guys are with me. And Christian folks, they'll know that, hold on. <laughs> Let me read this before I make a, a debacle. All God's people said a debacle. Before I make a debacle. <laughs> By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. That's us, man. That's us. That's how we got to be. Can I get a witness? Both in my imprisonment, I don't feel alone. I'm the one locked up here, but I don't feel alone. And then in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Okay, I'm going through this mess, but I'm not going through it alone. Look at Proverbs 17 and verse 17. Now, the interesting thing about the, uh, the Philippian church is they're, they're right there with Paul in the thick of this, this huge thing that he's going through, man. Um, you imagine being in this situation um, I, I've been, you know, this is so stupid, but I've been locked up a couple times, man, for a couple days here and there. Um, it was, it was cause I did things illegally. I did things that shit I wasn't supposed to do, you know? Um, but see the apostle Paul, he was, he was just doing what God told him to do, man. You know, he was obedient to the most high God, you know, and here he is in this crazy situation. But see, no one should ever have to go through a crazy situation alone that's the point i'm trying to make right now is hey man look around this is this is this is the little part of the family of god that you're part of right now hopefully forever you know you're not going to go to any other church or whatever but if you do that's fine that's great that's dandy but i'm just saying this is your family man you know and all the other believers man all the christians we're connected we have the same we have the same father in heaven you know so when we see somebody hurting and and it's so uh, uh it's so easy to just say, oh, that's some heavy stuff, man. I don't really know how to deal with that, or I don't want to deal with that. It's not about having the right words to say, you know. So often it's just about being there for somebody, you know. But that's the big deal about the Philippians, man. Paul's not going through this alone. In other words, this is a picture of Jesus' love, man, through these Philippians. Does that make sense? So, so when I see somebody hurting... And maybe all I can do is offer up a prayer. You know, maybe that's all I can do. But shouldn't I do that and sincerely do that? Because we are Christians and we have a love and a commitment to one another. So let's look at Proverbs 17 and verse 17. Simply love this verse and I hope and pray that is an encouragement to all of us. A friend loves at all times. Think about that. A friend loves at all times. We see the commitment between Paul and the Philippians. We know that we're supposed to be committed to one another. Even if we don't agree with what somebody did, you know, maybe they did something stupid, but aren't we supposed to build them up? Aren't we supposed to uh, be there for one another? You know, if somebody falls into sin, aren't we supposed to be there and, and spread all, everything they did all around the uh, internets and all that? <laughs> Absolutely not, man. You know, and it's just by God's grace that you didn't fall on your face like whoever, whatever, did whatever. You know what I mean? But see, we're supposed to be there for one another, encourage one another, build up one another. Can I get a witness? A friend loves at all times. All times? That's what it says. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. So I see the Philippian church all up in this. And I also see the Apostle Paul all up in this because when he's hurting or he has that potential to be distraught, you know, he's, he's, he's sending out the word to the Philippians. Hey, man, this is okay. It's okay. All is well, man. All right? This is actually 
which we'll probably get in today, this is actually a good thing. What do you mean it's a good thing? Ah, well, hopefully we'll get to that in a minute. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Wouldn't that be an awesome testimony for people to be able to say about you? That dude, man, he didn't always agree with everything I was doing, you know. And, and, and you know, a, a, the Bible says the wounds of a friend are faithful, or faithful are the wounds of a friend, something like that. I don't mean to butcher that verse. But, you know, sometimes a friend, someone that loves his Christian brother or sister, will say, hey, you know, uh, dude, love you, bro, but, you know, this is what the Scripture says, and this is what I think's going on, you know, so... Faithful are the wounds of a friend as opposed to stabbing somebody in the back. You know, <laughs> make sense? Because sometimes, it, hey, if we love somebody, we will, you know, have to bring correction or instruction, right? Can I get a witness? Okay. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I just love that part of the verse. You just picture, of course, it's a picture of our Lord. It's a picture of our Lord that won't leave us or forsake us. And when we have to deal with our own consequences, he doesn't leave us or abandon us. You know, he's right there with us. He says, we're going to learn some lessons about this too, you know. But you just picture those people in your life, and I, and I hope that we can be this for one another, you know, that when someone's going through something, and, and you might not be able to pay someone's light bill every time they need it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you take food off of your kid's table so you can give it to somebody else that didn't work for it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we do what we want, we do what we can do. Can I get a witness? Okay. But I just, I love this part of somebody, it's just a picture of a, of a, of a brother, man, a compadre, rolling up his sleeve saying, all right, you're going to go through this. You're in this mess, but you're not going to go through it alone. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's on the other side, but I know we're going to get through this together, and I know God's on the other side, and he's going to be with us. Can I get a witness? Okay, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Okay, it is right for me to feel this way. I love you guys. I'm not ashamed of it. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with grace. We're in this together. Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Look with me at Hebrews 13 and verse 3. Think about this one. Let this one soak in for a minute. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them? I don't do that. I, I, I do not do that. So this verse is, is like many of the verses that we read in Scripture. Scripture does exactly what it's supposed to do if we're open to what God is trying to tell us. So when I read this, and it says, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. I don't really do that, man. I got some, I got some friends that are in prison, you know, and I know just enough about what county jail feels like to know I don't dig it. I don't like it. And, you know, have you ever pondered this? Anybody ever been in lockup before? Anyone ever been? Don't raise your hands. But, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, some of them, never mind, just forget it. Just, we shouldn't talk about this, right? Natalie, we shouldn't. Yeah, okay, so you got the bars, right? You know, you got all these bars. Your face, and it's not just because I got a fat, bulbous face. <laughs> it don't help, but... You can't, you can't see around the corner, man. You can't see. All you can see is right in front of you. So all you see is the other unhappy person across the way from you. 
And if he ain't in a talkative mood, you're really, really bored, you know. Or if he's in a super talkative mood, you feel like you're losing your mind. You know, it just depends. So, and you can't look down the way. You would never imagine how irritating that is. You know, you ever seen in the movies when the dude's got like the mirror and he's like, because I want to see what's down the way. You know, it, I'm just, you know what, just forget it. Let's go eat. No, uh, listen, man, being in the county lockup ain't no cakewalk, dude. You know, and I got, I got bros, man, uh, Christian brothers, man, that are locked up in prison. And I do think about them. I honestly do. You know, but do I put myself in their shoes? Because look at this verse. Look at it, guys. Remember those who are in prison. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can do that. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. You see that? Are we thinking about what, what others are going through? Well, he shouldn't be in prison. Probably not. Maybe not. I don't know. I know the Apostle Paul's innocent. I know that he was just spreading the gospel. I'm not saying anybody in prison that we may know is innocent, but God, God isn't even bringing that up. He's saying, remember them. Think about them, just like you were in that situation. Why? Why would you want to put yourself in those shoes? So you can understand just a little bit about what it feels like, so you can honestly pray for those people and maybe be there for their loved ones that are out, be there for them, write a letter. So, you know, put yourself in their shoes, you know, somewhat metaphorically, you know what I mean? And think about, man, these people... That's, that's, no, that's not a good way to spend the day, kiddos. Anyways, moving forward. Then the reason I bring that up is the Philippians, they have not abandoned Paul. You know, this is, this is a great time to just separate yourself from Paul. He, he's locked up. You know, let's just go under the radar. Let's just do the church thing and just not let anyone know that we're associated with this guy. I don't, I don't want what's going on with Paul to come over into my world. But they're not worried about that. They love Paul. They're committed to Paul. Is this getting into anybody? Is this making any sense? <clears throat> Anyways, bottom line, Paul does not feel abandoned, even though he's in this situation, because of the Philippians and God using the Philippians and the Philippians being obedient to God. Um, let's go to the next slide, beloved. That was just one verse, but anyways. Philippians 1, I mean, just one verse from Philippians so far. Philippians 1, verse 8. For God is my witness. I like how he says that, guys. You know, he, this is a letter. This is a note. He, he doesn't have the privilege of being face-to-face because it's a lot easier to read somebody's intentions or understand where they're coming from when it's face-to-face. So he's wanting to get down to the nitty and the gritty here and saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm not being silly. I'm not trying to do this so you're, you know, send off a big old fat check and some paper for me to write letters or anything like that. I'm just, I, I love you guys, man. I love you guys. I'm getting my eyes off of my situation and I'm focusing on you guys and it's giving me joy, man. And my heart is just full of joy and love when I think about you guys. Remember, and that's us. That's how we should be. Not that we, not that we agree with what everybody does, but we should, we should honestly love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. I love that, man. I love that. And anybody that's a father, you know, can kind of can kind of understand that, um, because, like I said, these are his spiritual these are his spiritual children. 
He, he established this church with these people when they were pagans. And so this thing has blossomed, and they have this lovely, they have this great relationship with one another. But now that he's going through a, a tough time, you know, and it's a tough time. You know, he's saying, ah, oh, man, I just, I want to be with you guys. My heart yearns for you guys. Not in some weird way, but because of Jesus Christ, you know. So like I said, man, you know, I've experienced something like this a couple times. And in my adult life, it was, it was when my, my oldest son went away into the Air Force. And then all of a sudden, someone who was uh, part of my pretty much my everyday life for 18 years um, is gone. He's just gone, you know. And I know he's alive. I know he's well, you know. I know, I know that much, but that absence, man, was, was painful, you know, especially right from the start, you know, Th- things that you uh, just take for granted, you know, like, boy, make me a sandwich, you know, Scream, just screaming into an empty room, you know, never mind, he, but you get what I'm saying, man, uh, so this, this, this kid, my son, you know, the fruit of my loins, I miss him so much, and he's gone, he's gone, you know. And it's not like you can go up to Texas, wherever the, the place, uh, San Antonio, knock on the door, you know, because I would do it. I would do it. I know my dad would have done it for me if he could have, you know. You know, hey, I need to talk to Paul Jr., Paul Rod, or whatever. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. So there was that separation. But it didn't change the fact that I, I longed for him. I love my son. You know what I mean? So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. As, as you look and see what Paul's going through, you know, kind of a tough time. And he's saying, guys, I really just want to be with you guys. Can't be with you face to face. So we got this letter thing going, which we're going to get into as the weeks progress, Lord willing, and it's going to get pretty, pretty interesting. Right now we're still just in the beginning phases of this stuff. But so I can't be with you face to face. But listen, I got, I got to let you know I love you, I'm thankful for you, and I'm praying for you. And this is what I've been praying for you about. He's really brilliant because he says, this is what I'm praying for you guys. And wrapped up in the prayer that he explains to them is some instruction, teaching. I'm praying for you guys with, about this, this, and this. And he's laying out, this is what I'm praying that God will do in your lives, which is really brilliant as far as teaching goes. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all affection of Christ Jesus. Now look at Romans 8 and verse 32. This is a Christian thing. You know, this is a Christian thing. It's, it's a brother in arms thing. It's like being in the trench with somebody and going through things that the rest of the world can't really understand unless they've walked a mile in those shoes. Does that make sense? But this is because we're connected by Jesus Christ. And so let's look at this verse right here and see. Let me try and explain this a little better. God loves us so much. We're his children. That's not just something we say. We went over that verse last week. We've been adopted in the family. We are his adopted children. He handpicked us. And he loves us with an undying love. So when the Apostle Paul says, this is a Jesus thing, how I long for you, that should kind of resonate and make a little bit of sense with us. Well, how does Jesus love me? How does Jesus love me? Because when we are a father, or, or we're or we love our brothers and sisters of Christ, that we can understand that a little bit. We can understand more how God loves us. 
I hope that made sense. I hope that made sense. There's certain, what I'm trying to say is there's certain relationships that there is a bond beyond bonds, like a marriage relationship. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a little tiny picture of how God is for us. So let's investigate that for a second. Romans 8 and verse 32, talking about God's love for us and how that should translate to our love and commitment to others. He who did not spare his own son, if that, if that ain't love, I don't know what is, man. You know, his son died. His son laid down his life. His firstborn laid down his life so we could all be brought into that family. The sinless, spotless lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Laid, Jesus Christ laid down his life in obedience to God the Father so we could live forever. So when, the, so when the Word of God says, Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, I don't really want to be kind and compassionate to some people. You know, I, I don't. I mean, but see, God says be kind and compassionate to one another. Okay, so I need to dig a little deeper here. Okay, I need to do this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Huh? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. That puts it all together, man, you know. First of all, it's not saying if you want to do this, this will really work out good for you. Because it doesn't always make you popular to follow the Word of God. But God says, listen, this is what's been done for you. Now you do that to everybody else. Everybody else? Everybody else. Okay. So anywho, now look at this. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, um, for Miss Cindy, for Brother Donnie, for Sister Claudia, for all of us. We were, when Jesus was on the cross, we were on his mind. I know that's a song that's poetic, that's beautiful, but more than all that, man, it's true. It's totally true. All God's people said it's beautiful. Like this, beautiful. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give, all, give us all things? You ever think about that? Just a little rabbit trail situation here, you know, talking about how much God loves us, that he, that he made this way for our eternal life. He made our way for our, our sins to be forgiven. But here we are, we're in the nasty now and now, and I'm wondering, you know, how I'm going to get through next week or whatever. You know, all these things, you know, the doctor says this, my boss says this, my kids are doing this, whatever, fill in the blank. But listen, listen and grab a hold of this because this might honestly be the reason why you're in church this morning. I know you're enjoying the Philippians study. I know it's great, but this might be the message that you need right now. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, with him, graciously give us all things? Think about that. Because of what Jesus Christ did, I'm in that family. So through him, I don't just have access to salvation, which if that was all there was, man, who, we got nothing to complain about. Nothing. We still need to be singing his praises for all, praises for all eternity. But, but look, 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 look. How will he not also, if he was willing to do this and he said he was going to do it and he did it, why do you think he's going to leave you high and dry now? Why do you think he's not going to be there for you when you're going through this painful 
chapter in your life right now. He says when you walk through the water, step number one, sometimes you're going to have to walk through the water, man. Sometimes there's no way around it. We got a Red Sea thing going on here. You know, you're going to have to go through there. But I'll make a way. I'll be with you. Give him some praise. So we see God's commitment to his people. And God says, you take that. And I want to see you do your part with your brothers and sisters of Christ. And it's not just for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's for our world. It's for everybody. But what we've got going on here is Paul, a Christian, reaching out to a church, of other group of Christians, and we see this commitment, this love relationship. That's what we're talking about. Philippians 1 and verse 9. And it is my prayer. Okay, here we go. Now we're getting into a little bit of a... The greeting is, is, is wrapping up, and he's starting to get into some, a little bit of teaching, but it's still kind of... A, covered somewhat through guys remember i said i'm praying for you let me in on i'm gonna let you guys in on kind of what we've been what i'm praying for you when i think about you guys okay and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more isn't that cool so kind of stay the course you know court court stay the course don't don't change don't don't turn and go that direction don't stop doing what you're doing don't quit your day job just keep doing it, man, and keep growing in your relationship with Jesus. Because look, man, that your love may abound more and more, growing in that love relationship with Jesus Christ, with our, with our Lord and Savior, will also translate to you loving those around you. You will have a Christ-like burden for those that don't know Jesus, right? And you'll step out of your comfort zone and tell people about Jesus, you know, because your love is abounding more and more. You love God so much that, that you take on what he tells you to do. You're like, okay, uh, that's not really my personality to talk to people about Jesus. But let me use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given me. And let me step out here and show people the love of Jesus. You know, I want you guys to grow more and more in your relationship with Jesus. Keep doing what you're doing. But, you know, I just pray that you turn it up a notch, man. Not that you're doing anything wrong, because you're certainly not. But see, that, that's all of us, man. We're in this relationship with the Lord, and after we're saved, you know, His righteousness is imputed on us, man. Jesus' righteousness is, is given to us, you know? But He says, hey, hey, dude, I mean, maybe He talks to you like that, I don't know. But, you know, he's like, okay, so much has been done for you. Your sins are forgiven. Now, why don't you walk like you received that righteousness? Why don't you be holy because I'm holy? And that is extremely tough to do because I'm living in this world, man. You know, and I'm dealing with all this stuff. But Jesus wouldn't ask me to do something if I couldn't do it. He'll ask me to do things all the time I cannot do on my own power. Because there's no provision for us to do this Christian thing in our own power. We can't. We can't. And that's half the trouble when, 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 when the unbeliever sees us and like, you guys are nutcases, man. We're trying to do things in our own power, you know. But I can do all things through Christ. God will give me wisdom on how to address certain things. Not so much in my own power, but turning myself over to Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Yeah. 
And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. That is so important, man. Because love without discernment will get you in trouble. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. And, and, and God wants us, well, it says it right here, we need discernment. We need to understand because there can be a million needs in front of you and you got a fiver, you know, here you go, boys. You know, you, you need discernment. Does that make sense? Matter of fact, look at 1 John 4 and verse 1. Should be on your mind. Yeah, there it is. 1 John 4 and verse 1, because God is saying, I want you guys to be wise. Bottom line, wise disciples. Love, yes, but wise. Make sense? 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Hmm? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. You've got to be careful. If you're into watching Christian TV, you've got to be able to test the, test the spirits, man. Because uh, there's a lot of feel-good, fluffy stuff, man. And I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong or evil, but it could be leading you down the wrong path. You know what I mean? I know that, hopefully that made some sense. But I mean, we need discernment, man. We need, we need that. And where's that going to come from? It's going to come from getting into the Word of God. Your Word I have hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. So it starts with stuff like this. But we got to stay in our word, you know. God, God's saying, hey, I need, I need my people to be wise, man. I need you to have that discernment, you know. I, I pray for that every day, and I think that we all need to pray for that. Amen. I know I've dropped the ball many a time. Well, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. True, true statement. This is, this is John the Revelator talking about stuff Back in the day. You see, there's so many sheeps in wolves' clothing. No, no, no. Wolves in sheeps' clothing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? There's, see? You got to be sharp. You, know, you got to have that discernment. Um, and, but there, there's, the, uh, in this letter, he's going to get, Paul in the weeks ahead is going to get more into what he's talking about here. Like, I need you guys to have discernment. People are going to come into the church. I'm not there. I'm locked up. Watch out for these guys that are going to start saying you have to do this or that to get to heaven. It's not true. You know what I mean? God wants his people to have discernment. Moving forward. Okay, next slide, last slide. How's everybody doing? You think we can do... uh, a gaggle of verses in like 90 seconds. Who in here loves Bray? She's a peach. <laughs> Philippians 1 and verse 10. So that you may approve, this is Paul talking to Philippians in case you fell asleep for the last 40 minutes. So that you may approve what is excellent. I'm praying for you that you have discernment, that your love grows. Okay, that you're growing here. So, well, what, what are we looking for here, Paul? So that you may approve what is excellent. Well, what, what do you mean, so that we may approve of what is excellent? He's not, Paul's not saying, I, I want to know your guys' opinions on what you think is cool and awesome and whatever. You know, I don't need to know your password to Netflix or none of that stuff. What, what he's saying is, I want you guys to line up 
your opinions with God with what God says because what what because what God says is the truth so you guys Philippians not that you're not already doing this but I want to make sure that your will lines up with God's will that your beliefs is what God says and not so you just don't jump on anything that makes you feel good when somebody walks in the church and says hey guys Everybody over here, get over here. Y'all getting circumcised today. Something like that. You're like, whoa, hold on, hold the phone here. Does that make sense? And that's next Sunday, by the way. It, it's, never mind. Jesus, forgive me. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Saying, Philippians, you're doing great, guys. Don't take this the wrong way. But listen, I want you to be pure and blameless. I want you to live that righteous, holy, set-aside life. You know, how about wouldn't it be awesome and great if you were actually walking the walk of a Christian at the literal return of Jesus Christ? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? What if you were doing the thing that you were supposed to be doing at the appearance of our Lord and Savior, at his return. Like, you ever had that feeling when mom and dad pull, pulls up and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, I probably got four seconds to get rid of all this uh, fill in the blank. It's not as bad as you think. It's worse, man. I used to take, never mind, never mind. I'm not, I, you don't need to know. It's a need to know thing. You won't, you won't look at me the same way anymore. It's just amazing the house didn't burn down. Thank you, Jesus. Well, so, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Oh, man, now we're getting somewhere. I'm praying that you guys grow, that you mature, that you keep going and just more and more and more. Be devoted, okay? Because here's the deal. I want you to be on the same page as the Most High God. You know what I mean? No wacky stuff, you know? And how are you going to know if it's not wacky if you're not into the Word, you know? So the Apostle Paul is laying it out. It's like, you got to stick with the teaching that I gave you guys. Because there's going to be all kinds of cuckoo nuts walking around trying to make a quick buck, you know, or just some ornery evil people trying to lead you astray, you know. But see, Paul's like, the end result, man, I need, you need, God needs us to be productive, needs us to be bearing fruit for the kingdom. So it's not just about you and your life lining up with God, but you being obedient to God so you can go out there and be, and, and be about God's business. Does that make sense? To be bearing fruit. Give him some praise. Go ahead. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Everything, like we were talking about, everything in your world, in your Christian world, comes through Jesus Christ. That's how you have access to that cattle on a thousand hills. You know what I mean? Because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't need to be lacking anything pertaining to my life, man. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you won't have hard times. I'm just saying dig in and trust God. Do everything you can do about it, but trust God. You know, he'll make a way where there is no way. 
Don't just sit on the front porch with your hands folded saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Well, if you can't do anything, or if you can do anything, you need to get before the throne of God and say, God, I need you. Moving forward. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I want you to be bearing fruit to my spiritual children in Philippi. I want you to be bearing fruit. God wants you to be bearing fruit. And when you're out there doing the thing, when you're bearing fruit, when you're being productive for the Lord, that gives God glory. That gives God honor, man. You know what I mean? And that's ch children. I mean, I'm not calling you children, but that's, you know, that's the thing. That's what we're here for. You exist to give God glory. You exist to give God praise, you know. So that's what this all leads up to, you know. It's not about you. It's about giving God what he deserves, and he is worthy of our praise and glory. Real fast, uh, 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power. Now, now, now look at that, his divine power. We're talking about not your power. We're talking about God's power that is not lacking, okay? His divine power. God's power, the creator of all things, his power, his ability, you with me? His divine power has granted to us, to all of us who are in Jesus, his divine power has granted to us all things, all things. Look at your neighbor and say, all things? Granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see that? This is what I have access to. As a, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, someone that has accepted Christ, man, I have access to everything I need to live my life here and to live that godly life here. Okay? So that should mean something to us. That means if I'm falling short and we're going to fall short, that means that I'm trying to do it on my own power. That means I'm just trying to do the thing the way I'm used to doing things. When God says, lean on me, pull your strength from me, I'll give you the help. I'll fill in the gaps. Be obedient to me. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Peter's saying, kind of saying the same thing that the Apostle Paul's telling us, man. The more you know God, the more you fall in love with God, the more you realize he is faithful. And when you ask for something to eat, he's not going to give you a stone or a serpent. Hey, do you want fruit? I don't know. His divine power. It is kind of a funny picture, man. That's why I really think Jesus Christ had like a really awesome sense of humor, man. You know, I mean, think about that. He's talking to all these people that are probably malnourished or whatever. I don't know. And he's like, you know, well, think about dads. If your boy asks for, for something to eat, you're going to give him a serpent? You're going to give him a, a scorpion? You're going to bite him and see him, you know, oh, whatever. All right, whatever. Okay. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, he called you. Okay, last verse. Philippians 1 and verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, this is really cool, man. All day long. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. We need to just keep doing more of it, man. Growing in that deeper walk, be obedient, bear fruit. That gives God glory. But now Paul's going to talk just a little bit about himself. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, because I know you guys are worried about me. I know that you guys are seriously concerned about what I'm going through. 
Okay, now check this out. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, me being locked up, these chains, whatever I'm going through, okay, it ain't the most comfortable way to witness, all right? I wouldn't have picked this out for myself, but I'm glad to have these chains if it's able to further God's kingdom. If I'm able to do what God has called me to do. Now I have an awesome, amazing bunch of folks that I would never had an audience with before that now I'm in front of that can go out and reach other people. So I see God all over this hard time that I'm going through. I see God actually place me in this place. I went through all that crazy stuff to be placed in this place, to let God use me in this place. And with this place, the word of God is going to go out. This is just God's hands all over this stuff. I wouldn't have picked it out for myself. Listen, I wouldn't have picked this situation out for myself. I don't really like it, but God's hand is all over this. I don't know exactly why I'm going through this. It's been a crazy couple of years, right? I don't know if there's any end in sight in my little world, but I know God has promised when I walk through to the other side, I've got to go through it. There's a reason why I'm in it. Can I get a witness? I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Well, what are you here for for these 95 years, 112 years? Uh, I just took part of a, of a funeral or, or a celebration of life service for an amazing lady that was in her early 90s, man, you know? And what a wonderful, awesome, awesome woman she was because you got to see how she, well, sometimes when you do funerals, I mean, it's, you got to dig deep, man, to find good stuff about folks, you know? Yeah, sometimes you just got to dig deep, just short of making something up. Did you know he didn't, you know? You can't do that. But see, with this precious lady, it was uh, Holly and Crystal's grandma, Bray's great-grandma, um, precious lady but man you saw the fruit of her life all over the place man how she sowed how she was obedient to god you know and how in her world she touched so many people you know so what i'm trying to say is where you're at wherever you find yourself where you're at you might not dig it but let god use you let god use you where you're at amen paul paul saying i don't necessarily dig you know being in these handcuffs but it's well worth it no, because God's all over this. God's using me. And what do you exist for? To give God glory and honor. To give God glory and honor. Served to advance the gospel. I'm in prison, man. I don't really know what's going to happen to me. We know what the end result of all this imprisonment is going to be for Paul. You know, well, his death is not the end. That's a whole other story. That's why you need to accept Jesus. But anyways, we want to be about God's business.